Welcome to Aphesis Church Podcast Channel. If you're in Columbia, South Carolina area, we would love to get to know you better and for you to experience what Aphesis is all about. If you would like more information about us, please visit our website at aphesischurch.com. It is our prayer that this message truly speaks to you. God bless. Jesus' name, amen and amen. Why don't you welcome Sister Bibi as she comes today. Thank you. Thank you so much. You can be seated. I have a little bit of a lengthy uh, text, so I don't want to keep you standing. But thank you so much, Brother Huba, for the invitation today. Uh, We had a great time yesterday, or at least I did. (laughs) We went a little bit long, and so um, thank you for the timer. So I have about 40 minutes, something. 35 minutes. Okay, good. (laughs) I'll keep an eye on it. So, (laughs) no, God bless you all. Thank you again for the invitation. We've had a great time. Brother and Sister Huba are just extraordinary people, and uh, they have treated us royally. And thank you for the basket in the room and all the food that we did not need. But thank you, Jesus. Amen. I'm going to read from um, Psalm 51. Verses 1 through 17, it's a little bit lengthy, but um, I think it lays the foundation for what I want to talk to you about today. Have mercy upon me, O God, according to thy loving kindness, according unto the multitude of thy tender mercies, blot out my transgressions, wash me thoroughly from mine iniquity, and cleanse me from my sin. For I acknowledge my transgressions, and my sin is ever before me against thee, Thee only have I sinned and done this evil in thy sight that thou mightest be justified when thou speakest and be clear when thou judgest. Behold, I was shapen in iniquity and in sin did my mother conceive me. Behold, thou desirest truth in the inward parts and in the hidden part thou shalt make me to know wisdom. Purge me with hyssop and I shall be clean. Wash me and I shall be whiter than snow. Make me to hear joy and gladness that the bones which thou hast broken may rejoice. Hide thy face from my sins and blot out all mine iniquities. And this is probably my favorite part. I pray this just about every time I pray. Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Cast me not away from thy presence and take not thy Holy Spirit from me. Restore unto me the joy of my salvation and uphold me with thy free spirit. Then will I teach transgressors thy ways and sinners shall be converted unto thee. Deliver me of blood guiltiness, O God, thou God of my salvation, and my tongue shall sing aloud of thy righteousness, O Lord. Open thou my lips, and my mouth shall show forth thy praise for thou desirest not sacrifice else I would give it thou delightest not in burnt offering the sacrifices of God are a broken spirit and a broken and a contrite heart O God thou will not despise when David wrote this prayer 
This is after he had sinned with Bathsheba. I was um, sharing this with my Sunday school class uh, just a few weeks ago, not even in this lesson, talking about David and how that David really messed up royally, didn't he? And uh, the thing about it is I, I, I was jotting down the, the commandments that he broke in this one act. Now, he broke, thou shalt not covet. He coveted his neighbor's wife. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Thou shalt not lie. He, he lied to cover, tried to lie and cover it up. Thou shalt not murder. He had her husband killed. He, he <laughs> messed up royally. He uh, broke all the commandments. I think maybe, maybe unless it happened on Saturday night, he didn't break the Sabbath. So that was a, a, a really big mess up. But then he writes this prayer, create in me a clean heart, renew within me a right spirit. He said against thee and only thee have I sinned. He recognized his sin and asked the Lord to cleanse him and wash him of his sins. I think that's so beautiful that we don't have to run away from God. We don't have to hide from him. We go to him. We confess it. It's against him and his word that we have sinned against. And so I want to talk to you this morning about a deep clean. We need to deep clean our hearts and our minds. And uh, I just want to talk to you a few minutes about a deep cleaning of our spirits. Um, uh, think about the feeling, especially you ladies, you get when you deep clean your house. Um, the clutter goes away. The surfaces get that gleamy, gleaming, uh, shiny look and everything smells fresh and new. Maybe some of you men can kind of think about that concern your car. My husband keeps his car much his vehicle much cleaner than I keep mine but anyway we won't go there but as you look around you feel accomplished you feel like you've you've done something and you feel good about yourself that sense of accomplishment and like I can breathe again but uh, we surface clean almost every day most of us do um, I do I surface clean every day but deep cleaning I put off for sometime weeks and months and it's not too easily detected you can walk in my house and think looks pretty good she does a pretty good job of keeping a neat and a tidy house. But if you got down on the floor and looked at the baseboards or you uh, pull back the curtain and take a good look at the windows, you might say, hmm, there's some work that needs to be done here. And sometimes we need to self-examine. And on the surface, everything looks pretty good. You kept pretty tidy. You're, you, you look the part. You know, you raise your hands at the right time in the worship service and you engage in worship. But on the inside... We sometimes have to take time to slow down and examine what's going on in the inner parts. Uh, we, we now have entire shows dedicated to helping people learn how to tidy up. <laughs> you know, whoever thought we would get to a place where we would watch a show of a woman vacuuming carpet and enjoy it. But it's weird. I I kind of like those. Look, I know you guys are, the men are looking at me like, what? Are color coding your pantry uh, and getting organized, minimizing our stuff. But uh, while we may be quick to get on board at getting rid of our junk, what about the internal work that needs to be done and the cleaning of our hearts and our minds and our souls? We surface clean, as I said, almost every day. And, uh, but it takes some effort and it takes some planning to go in one day and say, I'm going to take everything out of this closet and I'm going to do a deep clean and I'm going to organize it and I'm going to make it to where I know where things are. So, um, 
how does all of this apply spiritually? From time to time, we need to, as I've mentioned, examine our hearts and our minds uh, and do a thorough, deep cleaning. Many of us are carrying around a lot of extra emotional baggage, hurt, bitterness, and uh, mental clutter, and sometimes it can be overwhelming. I, I taught a lesson one time, and I called it um, clutter equals chaos. And that's not just in the natural. When you allow things to be in your heart and hold on to things that don't belong, things that are displeasing to God, unrepented sin, bitterness, and unforgiveness, um, that clutter in your spirit and in your heart creates a chaos in your spirit and you feel unsettled and and many of us are carrying around this emotional extra baggage but instead of addressing it we get to a place a lot of times where we compartmentalize it we just keep stuffing it away kind of like stuffing things into a closet now I've been guilty of that Anybody ever been guilty opening a closet and everything falling out on you? <laughs> uh, good. Maybe I'm not the only one. Thank you, Brother Huber. He, he, he said yes. But uh, it's easier just to keep stuffing it back and just keep pushing it back and put it off to another day, cleaning it out. Just keep moving. Just stay busy. And we tend to distract ourselves with all kinds of activities, busy work, if you will, rather than addressing the very real mental load and spiritual load and uh, that we're emotional load that we're carrying around around the heartache the wounds that just won't heal because we choose to ignore them and so this morning I just want to ask you to examine think about what needs cleaning out think about what needs to be dealt with and stop pushing it aside because one day you're going to open up that closet it's all going to spill out on you and that happens to people every day you can talk to people who have been stuffing bitterness aside and, and unforgiveness aside and it spills out when they talk you hear it you hear it in there and you see it even in their their body language that they're full of of disappointment and anger and bitterness but we need to deep clean these things just as you would clean a house you, you need to clean your heart out of emotional junk and clean out that file cabinet if you will that's in your brain if, if you do if you don't it'll eventually spill out um that there was a, I heard a story years ago, I think actually Brother Tenney told this, or maybe it was our pastor, Brother Chance, stuff, said that there was a lady that every morning she would be washing her dishes and her neighbor would be hanging clothes out on the line. So this is a long time ago. You don't see clotheslines too much anymore. But I remember, Brother Eddie, I remember hanging clothes on the clothesline. So I'm ancient. But anyway, she would wash her dishes and watch the lady across the way hanging her towels out on her clothesline. And th she would think to herself, now why? she hanging those towels out there those white towels and they're so dingy and dirty and and and, and what why wouldn't she wash them thoroughly before hanging them out there to dry and for weeks and months she contemplated why would she do that she she needs I need to talk to her and so uh time went on and she decided it was time to wash her windows of her house and lo and behold the next morning she got up and the lady was hanging her and they were white and she realized 
It was the eyes that she was looking through. It was the glass that she was looking through. It wasn't that at all. Sometimes it's us. And we start getting critical of everybody else because we have not taken time to deep clean. We have not taken time to kind of take care of our own eyesight in the way that we perceive things. And we start blaming everybody else for the hard hardships, the heartaches, and the disappointments that we go through when really all we need to do is have a reality check, so to speak, take care of our own vision, the way that we're seeing things, the way that we're perceiving things. So we don't have to wait though until we're at a breaking point to evaluate what is broken. And that's what so many people do. And that's why you have explosions and you have drama that take place in, in marriages and in homes because we just have stuffed it away to, so long and we have not communicated one with the other and we have not allowed the Lord to create in us a clean heart and renew within us a right spirit. You don't have to wait. You can do that today. We can take care of that today. And in fact, it's really healthy practice for you and I to invite the Holy Ghost in on a regular basis to renew our hearts and our minds. Lord, renew me today. Create in me a clean heart. Wash my mind, my heart. Help me, Lord, to know your word and self-examine over and over again. I've always said that that is one of the key things to live in for God is self-examine, examine yourself. What am I, what am I dwelling on? That's not pleasing to God. What activities are, am I involved in? What am I listening to? And I'm going to talk about some influences, uh, today that we need to take care of. David turns his remorse into genuine repentance. He doesn't just shove his emotions away. He doesn't try to hide his sin and his shame. He said, against you and you only have I sinned. He did not say uh, it, was, it was Bathsheba's fault. It was, I, I, I believe that he had gone to that rooftop many times. Sure. Sure. He should have dealt with it weeks and months ahead of time. He should have gone to God and said, created me a clean heart before he sinned. Uh, because I believe he contemplated it. I don't think it was a, just a whim. Uh, maybe he did. I don't, I don't know. I'm not sure. No, it, the Bible doesn't say, but he asked God to do a cleansing work in his heart. And every day we have the opportunity to do the same. When we are overcome with guilt and shame and bitterness and rage and unforgiveness, we can ask God to create in us a clean heart. When faced with temptation, as I've mentioned it, he must have been tempted long time before he acted upon that. Uh, we can go to God. Matthew 23, Jesus talking to the Pharisees, he said, be careful to do the right thing on, on tiny details, but you're careful to do the right things. He's talking about the Pharisees on, on, on the tiny details. Uh, but you are not examining the, the motivations that are in your heart. His words capture why it is important not only to clean the surface of our lives, but also to allow the spirit to transform our hearts. This is what it says, Matthew 23, 25 and 26. He said, woe unto you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you make clean the outside of the cup and of the platter, but within they are full of extortion and excess. He's actually talking to the um, disciples, and this is what he's telling them. Thou blind Pharisee, cleanse, cleanse first that which is within the club, cup and platter, that the outside of them may be clean also. He said, you're just so worried about the outside and what right. people see. Right. And I think as apostolics, as Pentecostals, we can get really caught up with that. Sure. 
it, it, it's 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 a little bit of a snare for us if we're not careful that if we think it all looks good on the outside and we appear to be holy then we are holy okay let's talk about deep cleaning our souls from shame and toxic influences and in relationships just for a few minutes i'm watching the clock so um, i love that i need that in my sunday school class <laughs> so um, deep cleaning our shame what what would your life look like what would your walk with god look like if you never had to deal with shame imagine never feeling unworthy um never feeling inadequate or like you had to prove yourself uh, what risks might you take if you didn't have to be held back by shame so shame is overwhelming feeling that our mistakes may become our identity we don't want our mistakes to become you know thomas was known as the doubter you know i'm sure he had great faith he had a moment of doubt he's known as that shame can identify you and we don't want that to, to happen and we need God to to cleanse us let, let, let take a look at the garden God tells Adam and Eve that they're free to have any fruit in the garden that they would choose to have but of the one tree um, don't don't go there don't do that but the serpent serpent convinces Eve to try it and she convinces Adam to try it and immediately immediately shame swoops in and they feel the need to what hide themselves and instead of running to god that and, and admitting and it can't talk this morning and admitting their mistake they feebly try to hide it and cover it with fig leaves because they're so ashamed and we do this too we make a mistake and our instinct is to hide it to deny it to blame it on someone else blame game goes all the way back to the garden of eden <laughs> eve blamed the serpent and, this, and 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 adam blamed his wife and, it, and ultimately adam said it's this woman you gave me he even has the audacity to blame god and and so you know it, but eating the fruit was wrong and and shame was on the other side of eating the fruit and what they were telling themselves is we're bad we're terrible people we have to hide away from god so guilt can often be a gateway to repentance and strengthening our relationship with god but shame keeps us stuck in sin and we want to distance ourselves many times from god when we feel ashamed he knows it anyway <laughs> confession is truly good for the soul if you will confess it and ask god to help you with shame he will he will cleanse you of shame and guilt and uh help you to be better for it hebrews 12 and 2 said looking unto jesus the author and the finisher of our faith who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross despising the shame and set and is set down at the right hand of the throne of god jesus was uh, ashamed of what took place there but he bore our guilt and shame on calvary and i'm so thankful for that amen, amen. so we we'll also um i want to just touch on influences um toxic influences that we need to be cleansed of um have you ever noticed how your anxiety will spike sometimes a little and sometimes a lot just by spending time on the internet reading the news looking at facebook and you think to yourself why did she post that 
you know, and you, you, you have all these clever things you would like to say. And then you, you, well, anyway, I don't know, maybe this doesn't happen to you, but sometimes it makes my blood boil after scrolling through uh, social media a few minutes, but seeing the misinformation, the arguments that inevitably fill the comments. But anyway, I think it's dangerous that we have too much influence of the world. We need to be careful what we read. We need to be careful what we listen to. We need to be careful what we watch because it corrupts us if we're not careful. And uh, so anyway, I, I've noticed that, especially during the whole COVID thing, I would find myself becoming cynical and and just, you know, critical and frustrated. Uh, a lot of people even became depressed uh, based upon what they were watching on the news. And many times my husband got up and said, y'all need to stop watching CNN. Get in the word, get in the word, turn it off. Don't pay any attention to that. Um, you know, and I, I wanted to be informed. And I remember early on, I, re I remember thinking this could go bad. This could go really bad. You know, people are going to stop giving. We're not going to be able to pay the mortgage payment on the church. And, and my husband's not going to be able to get a salary. And this, you know, I, you know, this is what, the, you know, your mind just starts going. And, and it was strongly influenced by what I was reading and what I was watching. And, and so we were eating dinner one night and I said, I, I got to, I just got really quiet and everybody's like, you okay? You, you know, I, so I went in my room and I shut the door and I mean the tears and I just, Lord, I don't want to feel this way. I want to trust you during this time. And, um, it, you know, I just started singing a song, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. There's just something about that name. And a little while the Holy Ghost just kind of moved into my bedroom. I kind of felt like the Lord was saying, hey, it's going to be all right. I needed to cleanse out that cynical and, and critical spirit and attitude and that lack of faith in God. And, and he just kind of renewed me. My, my daughter came in the room, Mom, you okay? And I said, yeah, I'm just spending a little time with the Lord. I didn't worry about it from that, that point on. I, I examined my heart and I said, this is not pleasing to you, God. I have to cleanse this out of my mind and out of my spirit. And so while there's nothing wrong with being informed or spending time on some forms of social media, it is wise to evaluate how it is influencing you, how it is affecting you, and, and cleanse it. If you can, if, if we're finding ourselves feeling anxious and frustrated and cynical and not feeling the joy of the Lord or the peace that God intended for you and I to feel as Holy Ghost filled men and women of God, it, it might be some of the influences that we are uh, involving ourselves or the things that we're listening to. And so anyway, it could, it could be toxic relationships as well. Ooh. Sometimes you got to love people from a distance. <laughs> love you. <laughs> you know, but I'm not spending a lot of time with you because you're a toxic influence in my life. And they can be really good people going through terrible times and they're spewing all their frustration on you. And you walk away and you feel like you need to go take a shower you know, because of it. Uh, many of us struggle loving people while setting boundaries for ourselves. Some relationships are just toxic and they need to be cleaned. You need to, yeah, go take a shower. The, the, the ladies that I minister to, I, I go to a, a place for uh, women that are drug and alcohol addicted and they go there to this place called renewal, uh, to get, uh, free from that, to, uh, find deliverance and to uh what is the word i'm looking for 
break the addiction yes and so one of the things they tell them brother huba is we're going to take your phone and and you're not going to get it back to you leave here and they, they can't get on social media. They can't talk to any of their friends. But then when they get ready to graduate out of the program, it's a seven-month program, they say, you need to throw this phone away and get you a new one. Because all those contacts that you have have been such a terrible influence on you, you know, that you have to cleanse yourself of that if you're going to live in, in recovery. Otherwise, you're going to go right back into it because of the toxic relationships and influences. Uh, you know, it's, it's, it's real. It's real. And you need to uh, examine some relationships. And I need to examine some relationships. Uh, we can waste a lot of time on a lot of people who don't care about changing or doing right. And, and their, their influence on us can become very, very toxic. And, you know, I, I don't like hanging out with people that are negative. Um, you can do it a little while. And try to help them. But you, you and I are not meant to <laughs> bear a lot of that long term we just can't go around carrying our baggage and their baggage and mama's baggage and grandpa's bag you know anyway be careful of the influences uh, i tell this story quickly i'm running quickly out of time but caleb our youngest son he's 27 and one evening he asked us could he go to some friends some school friends and we were like we were kind of uncomfortable about it you'll remember this story as i get into it and he um we were kind of uncomfortable about you know caleb i don't know about the influence uh, you know, that could be somewhat of a toxic influence. These kids have not been raised in the church, and he's about 17 years old. I know he was driving at the time. And one of his buddies from church was going, and he said, well, you know, he called him by name, so-and-so's going. And so I said, okay, listen, if you get there and it gets uncomfortable in any way, come home. It was supposed to be an all-night thing. It was supposed to be a sleepover type thing. Uh, so about 11 o'clock, 11:30. I heard the front door open. I thought, "Who's coming in?" It was Caleb, and I said. And when I walked around the corner, I could see his face was tear stained. And I said, "What happened? What's wrong?" He said, "Well, Mom, you know, I've grown up with these boys, and he said, gone to school with them since elementary." He said, "But something happened tonight. I'll never go back." And I said, "What happened?" He said, "Well, somebody got out marijuana and started passing it around." He, he had never been in that atmosphere or that environment, and he just got his shoes on, got his stuff together, and slipped out, came home. You know, I, that was something that we really impressed upon our kids. You better be careful who you're in relationship with, your friends. And I was so proud of him that night. He was brokenhearted because that was his buddies. And he knew at that moment he was going to have to cut off that relationship. And the young man from our church, a young man that he had won to the Lord, stayed that night. He's not in the church today. And I'm not saying that one incident is what pulled him out. But he wasn't as careful and diligent to take care of those influences as our son was and my son is still living for the lord to our son is still living for the lord today uh, but he realized there was some influences and some toxic relationships that he was going to have to sever to to live for god um you know i heard this say, saying before you've heard it show me your friends I'll show you your future. I'll show you who you are based upon your friends. Proverbs 13 and 20 reminds us, He that walketh with the wise shall be wise. 
but a companion of fools shall be destroyed. And I'm so appreciative to God. And, and if you've got children, um, you know, they, they need fellowship. They need friendship. But make sure that it's the right type of friends because their friends can influence them to go down a path that they never really intended on going just because they want to be loved. They want to be accepted. They want to be part of the group. And anyway, toxic relationships. I, I don't know if you're, if you're connected to someone that can be toxic and I'm not advocating that you cut them off and, and no longer pray for them or love them or be in any kind of relationship with them. I just think that it's important a lot of times to spend time with people that are positive, people that want to make you better. Dr. Dobson, I don't know if y'all are familiar with Dr. James Dobson. He had the, the, radio program focus on the family for years and he said if your friends do not convict your lifestyle you need a new set of friends if you're with your friends and you don't ever feel conviction at all about who you are that's probably not the best of people to hang out with. I want to hang out with somebody that encourages me to be a soul winner. Somebody encourages me to pray. Someone encourages me to be in the house of God. So anyway, so deep, clean unforgiveness. Unforgiveness is, is a killer. <laughs> it's a, it, it, spiritually, it is a killer. People that can't forgive. Sister Gann, our district superintendent's wife, was just telling me the other day that she had to call a couple of ladies into the office that had had a disagreement. And one of them didn't realize that she had offended the other and just almost begged for forgiveness. Please forgive me. I, I didn't mean to come over that way. I'm so sorry. And the lady, other lady crossed her arms and said, nope, I don't believe you're sincere. I'm not forgiving you. And Sister Gann told me, well, well, the meeting's over. You've already made up your mind. You don't want to forgive. Although you asked me to bring her in here and apologize to you. You said, I'm not doing it. I'm sorry. You're going to have trouble when you stand before God if with that kind of attitude. That's not Christian. That is not right. And, and this woman may carry that unforgiveness for the next five years, 10 years, 20 years. It could be the stumbling block that the enemy put in front of her to, to get her off track and cause her to be lost. If you are hanging on to unforgiveness, you are the loser Many times the person that has offended you has moved on and forgot they ever did it. A lot of times they never knew they did it at all. You know, and, and this, this, the, the, the offender in this situation was like, I, I didn't do, I didn't mean that. that. That came over wrong. I am so sorry. Give forgiveness, especially when someone is truly repentant and they're asking you to forgive them. And, and it's, it is a hard thing to purge because a lot of times we have the attitude that if I forgive them, that I'm giving them a pass and what they did to me is okay. It is not that at all. Uh, we're tempted to think that unforgiveness gives us power over them, but in reality, it causes us to be a victim, a victim of unforgiveness. You know, some people are very comfortable being victims I don't want to be a victim. If you're a victim, you're a victim. Who wants to be a victim? I mean, I don't, I don't want to go out and, 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 and have somebody try to commit a crime and me be the victim. But there are people comfortable and happy being the victim. But you're still 
a victim. <laughs> I don't know. That, uh, maybe that doesn't make sense to you. I don't want to be a victim. So, I, you know, I'm going to do what I can do to get myself out of the wheelchair of victimization, if that's even a word. And, and you know, and the, the whole mindset of who I am. And, you know, when they came out of Egypt, they had that slave mentality. But they didn't have to. They chose to. You know, people have a victim mentality, but they don't have to. They can cleanse their mind and their heart of all the unforgiveness and the frustration that they felt toward the person who offended them. And we we just cannot cling to unforgiveness. It convinced that what happened to me is so unfair. Uh, Anyway, but as a Holy Ghost filled man or woman, you can focus on what's not fair or you can focus on God who is faithful and just to forgive us and to wash us and to cleanse us. Ephesians 4 and 34, 30 and 31 says, And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking, hmm, and evil speaking, and evil, uh, my, my, needle got stuck um you know people think that they can say anything about anybody as long as they don't hear it and in the south if you say bless their heart then you can say anything you want to say <laughs> she's so stupid bless her heart you know you know it, that, that, that's what we think if we say bless her heart it's okay we can just say whatever we want to say <laughs> But that's not how Christians should conduct themselves. I'm sorry. (laughs) It is true. We have a lot of people from the north that's moved down to the south and part of our church. And they laugh at us because we'll say things like, bless her heart. While you're rolling your eyes and thinking about it. Anyway. Anyway. So in closing. Um. As we seek to deep clean our souls from things that hold us back and weigh us down, know that Jesus himself is the way, the truth, and the life. And in him you can have freedom. You can be washed. You can be cleansed. You can be delivered. You don't have to be heavy with all this baggage and stuff stuff that you keep cramming in there and think you got room for all that in your heart plus room for love for God and people you don't it's got to be cleansed don't let your past define you past hurt brokenness and failures need to be dealt with and they need to be cleansed John 15 and 3 now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you he says you can clean all that out If you'll just apply my word to your life, to your heart, to your soul, to your spirit, that uh, home that I go to, that's 100% their recovery program is the word of God. 100%. Every devotion, every class. I go there at the Godforsaken hour of 720 in the morning. And I live almost about 45 minutes away. But that's all I do is pour the word into them, pour the word into them because the word will cleanse. The word will wash, won't it? Won't it do it? It will will take care of what needs to be taken care of. How many times have you just gone to the house of God and say, Lord, cleanse me, create in me today a clean heart, renew within me a right spirit. And God will do it through the preaching of the word. We can get so off track and go, to the house of God and the preaching of the word will get you right back on track if you will apply it to your life. Because of who Jesus is and what he's done for us, we can be made clean. Let him deep clean your heart and mind. And when you do, 
you can trust that he will continue to prune us, although we don't like it, to guide us, to help us to become more like him. And as you reflect on all these things, consider how you can make it a regular practice to invite the Holy Ghost in to clean your soul. Amen? It doesn't have to be a fancy prayer. Not at all. Do what David did. Take some time to ask God to create in you a clean heart and renew within your right spirit. And just like we make the, we take time to clean our houses and to carve out, we need to carve out time to ask God to cleanse our hearts, our souls, and our minds. Amen. Can we pray together? Lord, we thank you so much for this day. We thank you for another opportunity to be in your house and to allow the word of God to cleanse our hearts and minds. Create in us, oh God, a clean heart and renew within us a right spirit, God. Help us to forgive. Help us to put away evil speaking of others, oh God. Help us, Lord, to wash our minds, our hearts today. Help us, Lord, to draw closer to you and be an example of your goodness in this world. Help us to forgive those that need forgiving. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by this message and you would like to connect with Ephesus Church or you would like to get in contact with the leadership of this church, please visit EphesusChurch.com. Thank you for being a part 